listeners welcome to another great podcast session i am shivani mukhyala as transactions these days are becoming more digital in nature frauds are also becoming the most vital aspect to focus on according to the latest industry report about 41% of the consumers were reported becoming more vulnerable to fraud that is mostly due to phishing or upi or card scams this growing number can only be brought down by enabling technology within the systems whether it be by deploying ai or robotics or automation that can help in combating complex fraud attempts more faster and accurately to talk in the same context we have manish takwani who is the head of business development and juicy score so let's welcome our speaker for the day hi manish how are you doing hi shivani i'm doing fine glad to be part of this conversation pleasure to have you here today at analytics insight platform so uh, first of all could you tell our listeners what juicy score is all about yeah so uh, i'll give you all a background so uh, first of all i like to give you a context about how does this name comes by right when you when you hear the name juicy score you be confused that why would you call something as juicy score right so the funda behind that is that uh, you know as as the second half of the name says score right so you're providing a score now um, um, as we are talking about fraud and risk solution so our, our software which which is there essentially it focuses on two major aspects it focuses on uh, certain fraud indicators which uh, a device can throw and then also we start to look at uh, certain credit risk aspect uh, information which we can sort of evaluate through the device right and the funda of calling it juicy is that you know uh, basically our approach is that we squeeze juice out of every piece of data which you can sort of extract out of the device right as we say that uh, you know uh, uh, squeeze the entire juice out of the lemon and then unless it's it's done right so that's what we do we squeeze all the uh, juice out of the data and then give you some sort of uh, our clients as uh, insights which can help them to detect fraud then also able to reduce credit risk so that's the whole genesis behind uh, uh, calling it juicy score now uh, secondly uh, to give you some sort of an information about uh, where we come from so um, our company started in 2016 from moscow uh, that's where it originated and uh, primarily our clients were uh, companies in the financial services space banks and uh, lending institutions but sooner or later we expanded to other either areas as well because um, fraud is something which is not only limited to only financial services it happens in e-commerce companies it happens in um you know it can happen in uh, gaming companies gambling which is outside of india right and uh, any online business for that matter is something which can be affected by fraud right so we have now clients not only in the financial services but in, in the other space online business space as well right so so that's the whole genesis of our and, and right now we are sort of present in more than 24 countries having more than 85 uh, customers who are uh, are regular users right so that's the whole history of of us and our product that's amazing as uh, you just took us you know through the journey of juicy score so could you tell us what specializations and the services that the company is actually offering to its clients yeah absolutely so as i said that our solution is something which largely relies on the uh, i mean the insights which it looks for specifically to identify fraud and also to identify risk what it does is that it looks at the customer device for example um, let's just say you are using a particular device right so we are having a lot of digital interactions like right? to open a bank account you can use a particular device 
to take a loan you can a use a particular device to buy a product online on e-commerce you using a device right so what are we do is essentially we focus on this particular device which is being used to send an application or do a transaction and then using that particular device we are able to provide these insights and how do we do it is that you know there are certain there is certain information which we pick up uh, from the device being used by the customer and then we try to first of all identify the device uniquely which is a major challenge i'd say because uh, usually what happens is that uh, uh, i mean online businesses or even our some of our competitors what they're doing is they're using some one or two three parameters out of the device to give it an identity but usually what happens is that the format device gets formatted or un- starts undergoing software changes like you must be must have upgraded your device to a let's say new operating system or some op- updates are being received but these parameters keep on changing but our solution what it will do is that it's able to use these parameters which we collect which are more than 50000 number actually and we are able to sort of analyze those parameters and we come up with a mathematical device id or a probabilistic device id you can call it which is identification of this device which doesn't change for a considerable period of time through that our clients are able to identify a device uniquely and then you know then let's just say there are there is a fraudster who sort of using the same device to send multiple applications or multiple sort of uh, you know the to open multiple bank of using the same details i mean the details might change but the device at the back would still remain the same so you know, so that that particular guy will get caught there right so th- that is something which is major and then uh, it's not only limited to device identification in fact uh, we analyze a lot of these parameters the 50000 parameters which i talked about and what we do is we sort of combine all of these factors uh, and then we come up with the certain insights uh, for our customers for them to analyze fraud right which can uh, sort of help them to sort of stop these applications or transactions at the very beginning right even before the fraud sort of reaches a stage where there's a financial impact being seen right so that's that's essentially what we do that sounded quite interesting and uh, now manish as technology is prime in most of the companies you know while talking about the operations right so uh, tell us how com- how juicy score is actually leveraging tech-, tech trends you know whether it be artificial intelligence or big data analytics or ml or cloud which are very trending these days yeah so yeah so before i answer that i'll just explain one particular thing which uh, i missed talking about earlier right so we have to understand that uh, when we are uh, talking about a particular customer right uh, we if i talk about financial services specifically there are two major things which we look at uh, which maybe a financial services provider will look at before they onboard a customer let's just say we talk about the loan scenario now if you want to take a loan what would a bank or a financial institution look at is that what is the capacity for you to pay capacity means that let's just say i earn 1 lakh rupees a month so if the bank knows that so it knows that yeah if if i'm taking a 50000 rupees loan then i'll be able to pay it back in let's just say 2 3 4 5 months right because i'm only 1 lakh a month the second thing is looking at the intention to pay the intention to pay is something which is which is largely very difficult to sort of uh, i'd say estimate because uh, because the intention can change right of the user and then uh, intention is something which largely looks at the fraud angle where the guy even can afford to pay but doesn't pay because uh, there is a certain thing uh, which we have identified uh, at the back which could be a factor in uh, gauging the information that you know that this guy will most likely not pay even though he can afford to pay 
So our solution is something which focuses more on the intention to pay a bit, and then to an extent also the capacity to pay. Capacity to pay, we have a lot of parameters to look at. So if I talk about uh, um, uh, the financial services industry specifically, there are multiple things which banks and financial institutions are doing, right? So if you want to take a loan, a bank or a, or an NBFC company, they look at your credit score, which which you usually call civil score. Or what will they will do is that they look at um, certain other information of yours because of, of, let's just say your bank account information and all of that, which they can sort of seek and then see uh, what is the average balance you maintain and all those things to see that uh, 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 whether you'll be able to pay or not. But that thing largely fails when we are talking about NTC customers. NTC customers are customers who are absolutely new to credit, which do not maybe haven't had a bank account in the future. They have no civil bureau history available. So what do banks and financial institutions do there? Right, That's where the challenge comes in. And I think uh, here is where this your AI, ML, uh, which you call artificial intelligence, machine learning, and all these aspects come into picture. Right. So if I talk about our company, what we do is that uh, uh, what we are able to do is that uh, the first thing, of course, as I mentioned, we are able to build this uh, device ID, device identification, which is very uh, device identified uniquely through using this uh, ML approach. In fact, we have a deep machine learning algorithm, which we have, which we use to essentially uh, get this particular information. That is one. And secondly, what we do is that um, the the point which I was making earlier, the 50,000 parameters which we are collecting, what we are doing with that is that uh, using this DML or deep machine learning approach, we are coming up with highly predictive attributes, which basically can be leveraged by my client uh, in their decision engine. So every financial institution or an online business for that matter has some sort of a rule engine or a decision engine in place. What I, If I just put it in very simple words, so uh, there are there are some sort of automation already in place with, the, with these institutions, right? What we essentially do for them is that we provide them additional insights through this uh, artificial intelligence and deep machine algorithm which we have built, which can further strengthen their decision engine to make a action on a certain application. Let's just say Shivani goes to maybe a company to take a loan in a digital way, and then uh, they, they are using some sort of a solution to automate that entire journey. Right. So what we do is we provide them additional enabling factors specifically related to the fraud and credit risk, which can help these institutions to make a decision faster and effective, like whether Shivani should be onboarded or not, right? looking at the fraud and credit risk. So that's essentially what we do. And um, uh, through this, uh, our clients are able to sort of uh, accept better, I'd say, good quality applications, and then the, they're able to focus on them in a better way as compared to maybe not using us because uh, of course every application goes through a kyc process where you provide certain documentation and all of that and certain information would be looked at before a final uh, loan is dispersed or a bank account is opened but if you are able to provide good information at the very beginning so then uh, my financial institution who is my client is able to save time on uh, you know not doing all those things for a for a particular customer who may not be uh, a right one to be onboarded Right, so that's essentially what we do around uh, the technology front. 
Great. And, uh, you know, happy to know how uh, the company is actually using tech trends, you know, to benefit uh, the users as well as, you know, to automate the processes. So uh, these days, frauds are very common everywhere, right? Especially in the post-pandemic setting where everything is digitalized. So what, according to you, are the prime factors, you know, behind the spike in the digital lending and fraud that you just talk about? And, uh, you know, in the past few days, what what is the take on yours? Yeah, so I will uh, mainly talk about digital lending uh, scenario because I uh, because a lot of our customers are digital lenders where they have to issue loans in a matter of a few seconds, right? And then actually, uh, while you are trying to you know, improve the customer experience, when uh, what I mean by that is to get a loan in a few seconds, there are there has to be there have to be multiple checks which have to be done, right, in a very short span of time. So. Uh, so what essentially we do is that uh, we provide uh, these digital lenders some insights to make these decisions quickly. But uh, to answer your question, uh, why have we seen this sudden spike is that uh, uh, there, there, there is one thing I think primarily which we should understand. There are two types of fraud which can happen, right? One is of course where, you know, like me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm could be a customer of a digital lender who's basically sending an application to them for a loan, right? So you must have heard like um, uh, early this year, what happened was that the Reserve Bank of India actually blocked certain Chinese loan app, apps, which, which were involved in, uh, you know, malicious activity where, you know, they just placed their applications on the Google Play Store and gullible people who actually were in need of money due to the second wave, they sort of uh, just downloaded these apps and then they asked, these apps asked for certain documentation, for the information, even asking for their contact information and location address everything they collected and then uh, and the rate of interest were like 30% 40% all these apps uh, charged and then when the person was not able to pay up they started calling their uh, contacts and then threatening them you know that this guy is someone who's not returning my money and all of that so so that is something which is uh, which, where you basically are focusing on the uh, any lending institution being a bad one right and the other side is uh, where the customer is actually the one who's trying to defraud the financial institution, where let's just say I'm the fraudster. And then what I'll be doing is because I know that uh, right now uh, a digital lender wants to issue a loan in a matter of a few seconds, so it's possibly very few checks they'll be doing, right? uh, possibly two, three or four maximum. That's the only one they'll be checking my mobile number or some location and other things. And then we'll be issuing a loan. So what these people try to do is that they try to use different identities and then they try to send a, a loan application, even though the person sitting at the back would be one, but be using different identities or some, sometimes he become Shivani, sometimes he become Agni, sometimes he become Purvi. And then because he knows that these guys have some sort of good history and all of that. So possibly the loan would be approved in a matter of seconds, right? So, so our focus is essentially to save the financial institution from these guys. The other part, of course, is also a problem, but that is something which is a different problem, which we can't solve. That is something which possibly has to be solved through policy, which the government is or is actually working on. But uh, the, this particular problem where we can stop these guys from uh, defrauding financial institutions, definitely where we can play a role. Right? So just extending to what I was saying, uh, and why have we seen the sudden spike now that I want to answer that particular question, is that um, you know uh, there are three things to basically understand uh, in lending scenario. Three different terms are there. One is which is called a delinquency, right? Now, what delinquency means is that let's just say I have taken a loan, right? 
I have taken a loan and then I'm not able to pay it back within the period which was requested to me. Like let's just say I had to pay it back in 60 days, but I wasn't able to. So my account turns delinquent. The second thing is default. Default is something where uh, if the guy is not able to pay his loan, EMI is multiple times. He default. He basically is delinquent multiple times. So that becomes a default, right? That's the second bit. And third thing is fraud, where the guy only took the loan to not. Pay it up, right? He took the loan, but uh, he had no intention to pay. So, for banks and financial institutions, all these three terms don't really matter. For them, it, what matters is the money coming back with, with the interest, which rate, which is which is applied, right? So, they don't really treat all these three things differently, but uh, uh, their focus is to get their money back. So, our uh, solution, what uh, is doing, is essentially focusing on all of these. Aspects and or any financial institution, if they are shelling out a loan, there has to be some sort of NPA which is expected, which is what you call as non-performing asset, right? So on an average for a digital lender, if I may say so, the NPA varies from three to four percent. Let's just say they have take, given out hundred uh, 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 loans, then out of that, three or four would not would turn to be NPAs where uh, the money would it doesn't really come back. And for some, it may be higher depending on the checks. Which they do in the beginning, right? So uh, essentially, uh, I think what has played a role in this particular uh, uh, spike being happening is because you know the digital lending institutions have grown like anything, right? Because earlier uh, you don't even need to have a, a banking license to give money, right? Uh, uh, now RBI is actually coming strict on these institutions where you know even a fintech company or technology company which is into financial services. Can actually partner with an NBFC and then start issuing loans. So that's why you see uh, the industry being projected to be around three fifty billion dollars uh, till two thousand twenty-three. There's a BCG report which states that the digital lending industry is going to be reaching that stage. And then if you consider that a number of three to four percent of NBA, even on the lowest side, you still see fifteen or sixteen billion dollars would be lost. Uh, out of this 350 billion dollars till 2023 so um, and uh, and and possibly another reason for this spike is that you know of course we've gone through the pandemic people people don't have money they've lost their jobs inflation is hitting on them right so they're not able to manage household expenses so so a lot of this has been i'd say delinquency and default and then also a lot of it has been um, i would say an intentional approach by these fraudsters to not pay up Right, so a combination of this has actually led to this particular spike where people are not able to pay because they can't afford, and people and some people who are actually taking a loan to basically take it and then scoot later and then not come back because they are not using their own identity; they're using some random guy's identity who they know that, of course, if they take the loan on their name, it will be going to be approved. So it, it's it's a combination of things, but the only thing is that uh, the financial institution or the bank who's at the back is is, is someone who gets uh, affected because all of this because uh, the money doesn't really come back and then uh, their uh, balance sheet takes a hit. So yeah, so these are some of the factors I'd say which have played a role. Very rightly pointed out, you know, about the factors that uh, you know are actually behind the spike. So, and how do you think, you know, technologies such as whether it be artificial intelligence or machine learning, how can they enable companies, you know, to identify and prevent this this sort of you know frauds? Yeah, actually, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning, big data, and all of these things are are actually been there. 
for a considerable period of time now it's not something which is new then if i talk about specifically around uh, to how they are being used to protect uh, accounts or how to prevent fraud i would say that the companies are already doing it specifically talking about uh, lending institutions who want to issue loans in a matter of seconds or or new and now we have a concept of neo banks as well where banks do not have a physical presence but uh, they only have digital presence and then we call them neo banks and then they want to open bank accounts without uh, uh, any sort of physical interaction so they are already leveraging all of these ai ml technologies to just to give an example like let's just say Me taking your example, like with Shivani. Now, Shivani, I'm pretty sure that you will have a bank account uh, uh, with some sort of bank, and then possibly due to that, you have some sort of presence on the in the civil or the credit bureau, as we say, right? Uh, so you have some sort of presence there. So uh, uh, all these institutions, uh, banking institutions, you could go to them for a loan. Possibly they'll be using uh, your uh, uh, bureau score to basically uh, assess your application. and they'll be looking at your uh, uh, you know your application data to sort of uh, looking at whether you have a capacity to pay or not in fact uh, and all of that is really leveraging through ai and ml and then in fact now you must be seeing a lot of advertisements around uh, video kyc where the kyc can also happen sitting at home right so that's so those solutions are also something which are being uh, where ai ml is leveraged to basically do that kyc thing online rather than a person being visiting a bank uh, or a financial institution physically so all of that interactions happen online where documents are uploaded provided online and then checked online so you don't need to visit any financial institution secondly we talk about the other segment where let's just say the person doesn't have any sort of history right uh, let's just say uh, maybe he's just come into he's just started earning he doesn't have any uh, the first bank account he's opening or the first loan which he's taking there is no history which this guy has um, uh, or maybe he comes from a tier 2 city or all of that so you know banks and these financial institution what they're doing is they're doing adopting alternate data approach to sort of uh, to assess the credit worthiness and the uh, risk checks which they are doing on their side an example could be like um, you know what they do is that uh, they look at your sms data like uh, like they look at your sms information and try to find out what is your average bank balance right uh, and other factors also they look at uh, on the sms side of course bank for that bank account necessary but with sms data they're going to be analyzing certain information of yours to get certain insight or they'll be looking at location data where you come from and uh, all of that is analyzed to see uh, which city you belong to or which city you are currently in that could be a factor or uh, they also look at your social media information right people are also looking at social media information in the sense that you know what are your likes and dislikes and uh, there would be have some sort of algorithm at the back to figure out whether uh, to build a sort of a credit profile of a certain customer and in fact uh, now uh, a lot of organizations what they are doing is they are doing psychometric analysis as well where they have a certain questionnaire which is thrown at a person when he is sending an application and there are certain questions asked where uh, on the basis of that they assess whether this guy could be uh, you know worthy enough to maybe given a loan or All those things can be done, right? So there are a lot of these factors which are already there, right? So it's not something which is new, and uh, our of course approach is to sort of um, uh, basically add uh, one juncture to the to the journey and then be part of that. Right? 
thanks for elaborating upon that manish and you know as uh, huge amounts of data is also being de- generated every single day like what are the benefits of using you know non personal and consumer sensitive data in you know present day scenario i think uh, first of all we need to understand that you know uh, for uh, opening a bank account or for taking a loan or any online business account if you want to open you have to provide some information right without that uh, you nothing can happen right if the company doesn't know you then how will they give you a loan or how will they open a bank account right so personal information has to be sort of given that's that's something which it is something to understand in the beginning but uh, uh, having said that uh, now what is happening uh, in india specifically is that globally we do have certain uh, protections like gdpr which we call as general data protection bill where uh, uh, sorry general protection data law which is passed by the european union where you know all of the information which the institutions are collecting of individuals they have to keep it safe and then then the guy has some sort of a method to even uh, revoke that particular consent which this guy has given to the institution to collect that information so all and they have to remove it after a certain period of time as well right? so all of these regulations are there abroad but in india we don't have them but in india also we started embracing this because um, uh, even as we speak in the month of december the parliament is going to be talking about the personal data protection uh, bill which was which was tabled somewhere around in 2019 but now it's going to become a law soon so the institutions all of these companies who are actually dealing with personal data customers have to be mindful of the fact that uh, even if they are collecting the information they have to be collecting that information in a way that uh, it has to be stored properly and then it shouldn't go out of india and then the user will have a consent to even remove this information which uh, he had provided consent on that is one in fact uh, in the month of november 2021 uh, last month actually rbi reserve bank of india which is a regulator has come up with strong regulations for uh, uh, i would say not regulation but recommendations from uh, their side for digital lenders uh, specifically that all of these information which they are collecting of these uh, guys who are sending them applications has to be sort of protected and and uh, stored locally in india and then uh, similarly they should have some sort of and they should not first of all collect uh, 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 you know information which could be not uh, required as such like uh, some information as i was giving you example that some chinese loan apps were actually collecting contact information which was which was which has no use right why would i need a, my contact list information why would a bank need my contact list information to assess me right possibly they were doing it because they wanted to threaten that guy later on right and uh, by call to calling their contact so all of that information should not be collected is something which they are very clear on so so i think these things are something which the financial institutions and banks and all these people have to be aware of and uh, as less as possible they are able to collect personal data is something they should, they should always do right of course they have to take personal information without that they can't really know who they are dealing with but uh, in those cases where the information is not required they should not uh, sort of uh, get in that territory is my feeling absolutely and you know back to emerging frauds again so what are the techniques you know you think that online frauders are using these days and you know how can we actually stay safe you know from such kind of frauds yeah so see first of all we have to understand that you know fraudsters are also uh, people like us right 
and they are also doing their job right like me and you we are doing our jobs props are also doing their job right so and and then the only thing which we can do or when i say we i mean as as normal people and then as uh, as a, a bank as a bank or a financial institution who are actually the and i mean whose image gets bad once uh, a fraud or this can happen can sort of accept that particular fact and then try to have an approach to sort of uh, to be not a, in a scenario where we get affected because of all of that and we have to basically stay a step ahead of them that's essentially what we do and when i talk about when you talk about a fraud right so i have always believed that you know fraud is something which can't just happen like that it's always it's always like a jigsaw puzzle like you know a jigsaw puzzle gets complete only when all the items are collected together right so i'll give an example uh, to the same thing which you said in the beginning of the call the you know we are seeing upi frauds card scams and all of that so uh, i'll give you example around that so see for a fraudster to complete the fraud he has to complete that jigsaw puzzle so there are few parts of the jigsaw puzzle which basically are there an example could be like you know maybe uh, he will need uh, access to your email id and username right he will need those details that's one secondly he need maybe your password as well your account details as well and then lastly he will need your otp as well to basically complete all this picture right without that he can't do a transaction right because if he doesn't know who you are then he can't do the transaction and he can't complete the transaction and and the fraud will not succeed so there are different aspects which are there so basically to get his your username and email id what he does this uh, so there are you which you heard that there are there are a lot of data breaches which has happened across the world right that you heard you must be hearing dominos uh, losing their uh, 150 million to user based data or maybe uh, uh, twitter losing uh, so much data and all of that right so the first case solved gets all from there you know where a fraudster sort of gets the user account information from all of these data breaches has happened which obviously my solution will not be able to also stop if the company who's actually collected your information if they do not have a control in their place a cyber security control or information security control in place then that information would be leaked out so that that is something which is easily there and then you might be finding scenarios where all of this data is easily available at the on the dark web right so that's first first thing solved for the guy the second thing is password so passwords you know it's very easy to sort of crack now you know we have uh, multiple solutions where you can crack a password of a particular account you know if you have generic passwords like uh, you know 12345 or pakistan or uh, india 123 all of these passwords can be easily hacked within a second you must be getting a lot, lot of this information all that then the media as well this is one secondly when when i say that these data account these uh, data when these data breaches happen when the your account information gets leaked maybe through a dominoes or some other data breach what happens is that your password also get leaked right and then now what we we have seen is according to a global survey by a big cyber security organization what we have seen is that users do not really change their passwords so the twitter password will also be the same uber password will also be the same the banking password will also be the same so what happens is that even if your uber account gets hacked your bank account also gets hacked because that information has sort of leaked out and we don't have a habit of sort of changing passwords we have different passwords in different accounts so so password is also gone right so that's another way of getting the password so basically two things the fraudster now has now we're talking about third thing the account details account details of course are uh, access to multiple sort of things right where he can uh, if he able to get into one account then he also able to get into your second bank account or your third credit card account and all that because the account details usually are consistent are same right and then lastly comes the 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 most um, uh, difficult thing to get which is the otp right 
that largely happens through you know you must have been hearing a lot of things like people you will be getting calls or for you know your bank account kyc has been not been updated if you don't update it will be blocked so i will help you to do it some fraudster would say by calling you or they will try to will try to give you instructions on installing some malicious applications to basically basically which we can use to sort of get uh, the otp once you see because some will ask you to sort of install some sort of applications which are virtual machines where whatever you do on your phone will they'll be able to see setting at a remote location so they try to get the otp through that right so finally what happens is all of this information when it comes together then the fraud is complete so even if you are able to stop one uh, of these things then we'll be able to sort of uh, stop the fraud from happening right so our intention of course is to sort of uh, solve the other pieces which are there you know where uh, we are able to see that somebody's account is being uh, uh, taken over by someone else or uh, uh, you know let's just say we identify a device change uh, in a particular account with let's just say i was just using a particular device on 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 upi right now but suddenly i start using a different device and that becomes a high risk scenario right so all of these things we can do we of course can't stop uh, data being breached uh, through website but we can stop that data being used by these sorts of when they are uh, sending applications or doing transactions very rightly pointed out the issues and uh, you know of most of it techniques you know which you which we actually talked about right now uh, in our previous line so which type of online fraud is more relevant you know these days and how can online businesses be cautious about that you see you know uh, there are different scenarios which could be there and it could vary depending on uh, 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 i mean the scenario which you are talking about like uh, i could maybe briefly put it down into three segments so there could be account opening fraud where uh, any online any lending institution or the financial institution if they are opening an account they might be a fraud there where uh, you know uh, basically the most likely fraud which we have seen is identity theft where i as a fraudster i use your identity or purvi's identity or somebody else's identity who's making maybe be better off as compared to me and then most likely you be approved for a loan and we when we talk about the other aspect which is which we call it as account takeover that's that is something which is largely relevant for the upi scams which you talked about the card scams which you talked about or somebody's bank account being hacked all of those scenarios which is where account takeover comes into picture where somebody gets access to somebody's account and then takes money out of that so where essentially what's going to happen is that i mean our intention of course would be to sort of stop that from happening i mean those accounts getting sort of uh, taken over and then we call them as payments for largely you know where money money would actually be taken out from uh, illegitimately from a particular account so that could be uh, another sort of uh, fraud uh, which could be there right so and dealing with these frauds also has a sort of a different approach although the data might be similar but the approach slightly changes on the way which you are looking at because when the, the second scenario which i was talking about the account takeover scenario i need to know whether uh, i mean of course i know that uh, the guy who's coming back to his account is uh, could be the same so my objective would be to know to judge the correctly that am i uh, dealing with the same individual or not is manish is opening his bank account or doing a transaction is it manish or not right is something which i'll be which i will have to do which basically our solution is going to be doing eventually right to stop that fraud from happening so yeah so these are some of the frauds uh, which i mean type of fraud as you said uh, 
uh, are, are sort of which are prevalent. Great. And, uh, you know, could you uh, give us more examples on how Juicy Score is actually tackling this kind of fraud issues? You know, could you give us some use cases maybe? Yeah. So if I talk about the example which I gave in the lending scenario, the new bank account opening scenario where a new account is getting opened, where I do not have a historical information of uh, the, the guy who's coming in. So most likely what I do is that, you know, as I explained to you in the beginning, that uh, we are able to identify the customer's device right, uniquely. Now, mostly what happens is that uh, fraudsters in the in the lending side, on the lending side, uh, what they do is that they try to become uh, a mules. A mule is a, is a guy basically, uh, you know, what he does is that he will have different identity information of people. Like he will have uh, maybe Puri's personal details along with, his, along with the PAN or other Aadhaar details and all of that or maybe Shimani's details and all of that, which he maintain in a file. And then what he's going to be doing is that he'll be sending uh, multiple applications with these different identities to the institution and then wait for them to get approved. But uh, our solution, what is going to be doing it, that it'll be looking at, okay, these guys, these people might be, might be different, but the device being used at the back is still common, right? Which basically gives a picture that, okay, uh, this most likely to be a fraud scenario that uh, the same guy is sort of using different identities to uh, basically send applications. And then maybe if one, two or three get approved, he will be happy and then scoot. So that linkage is provided by the device identification. Or the other thing could be that, uh, you know, uh, we are able to also figure out the, the real IP address from where the application is coming in from, which, which is a difficult task to do because fraudsters, what they try to do is they try to... Uh, use proxies or certain virtual virtual private machines, uh, virtual private networks uh, to basically give send applications to basically hide their exact location. But our solution is able to identify the real IP address and through that, we are able to sort of also find out the uh, possible exact location. It's not exact, but to an extent, uh, the exact location because uh, usually GPS is something which is considered personal information, so we don't really use GPS information. So we only use the IP address to even uh, work out the location. So we can use the location to do that. And thirdly, another process would be that we look at the behavior. Right? When somebody is sending an application, so let's just say we talk about a genuine customer. A genuine customer, when he's uh, filling up a loan application form per se, would fill it in a way where that he'll be uh, he'll be reading the entire form properly. Then uh, when it comes to reading the sort of uh, you know. He'll be reading the terms and conditions, interest rates, and everything very carefully as compared to a fraudster who, wouldn't, who doesn't really care because he doesn't have to pay back, right? And then a third indicator would be that uh, he will be doing a lot of copy-paste because of the example which I gave you, that, you know, he does, he's not using his own identity to send the application, right? He's using Puri's identity or Shivani's identity. So he he's not even aware of that information, the basic information. So he will even copy-paste the name, the date of birth, which mostly a general user wouldn't do. Right, because uh, he remembers that information. Because I know my name, I know my date of birth. I would never copy paste. Most likely, I wouldn't. Right, you know, I might copy paste my address, which is a larger uh, section of data, but but not my name and date of birth and all of those things. So we look at those behavioral aspects. So not necessarily that if somebody's copy pasting data is a fraudster, but it's that we look at a combination of things. If this combination holds true, then we say it's a high risk scenario. Right. So that was example of lending right the application fraud scenario where a new application is coming and this could be true for bank account also 
secondly we are talking about the payment fraud the upi frauds and the and the and the transactional frauds right where you have a returning customer right basically i have to now judge that okay oh, manish is doing the transaction is it easy manish or not right i need to know only then i will approve the transaction because uh, you know that upi frauds when they happen the transaction obviously doesn't get done by the 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 victim it's done by the fraudster who's sitting somewhere else right so my objective is to know whether it's the same guy who owns the account or not so what we do is that of course we'll see that okay the device being used to do the transaction is was the same device previously or not right because i have a history uh, i will maintain a history that okay this account was being used by a particular uh, i would say a uh, 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 user in this particular device if the same device is seen then i'm i'm rest assured that okay yeah oh, i'm dealing with the same individual that could be one right and then uh, or it could be uh, we see that uh, okay the transaction is happening uh, with um, uh, at the back uh, there is some sort of a high risk application being used like you know there are certain softwares like we call it as store browsers these browsers are being used to basically hide the entire uh, trail of uh, the information which basically gets collected by by doing a transaction if the transaction happens through that those high risk softwares then we uh, call it as a high risk one or it could be like the example which i was giving you that some people try to uh, you know tell these gullible people to install malicious applications like uh, virtual machines where uh, the example would be team viewer or uh, certain applications where you know uh, whatever you're doing on the phone gets visible to these guys or the fraudster who was sitting in the back so they'll know the otp and all of that so we see that the transaction is happening through uh, a vpn uh so uh, through a virtual machine through the, that particular software then that becomes a high risk marker in the, on the transaction space right so so there are a lot of things which we are doing uh, on the transaction space as well right uh, which can basically uh, uh, which i mean the indication which can provide to a financial institution while the transaction is happening through that uh, through those insights basically these institutions will be able to sort of stop the transactions at the at the outset right even before Uh, the OTP is entered, and then the transaction gets completed. Wonderful, Juicy Score is really doing a great job in this particular front, you know, which is very vital in present day scenario. So, uh, lastly, where do you want to see the company? Maybe you know, down the lane, five years or something like that. Yeah. So, so as I said, that you know, uh, we started our operations in two thousand sixteen. from russia and then now we are present in more than 24 countries including india so in india we have a few customers already we started our operations in 2020 early 2020 and then uh, now i have joined them uh, a couple of months ago to basically expand our operations in india and then in fact as we speak in india we are uh, engaging with the top digital lenders in india to solve this specific problem for them and if i talk about the global uh, approach so we are already there in southeast asia uh, and then we are expanding in latam the latin american market and and we already have a first customer in the uk as well and in fact we are also going to be expanding our operation in the united states now right uh, where uh, uh, the discussions are going on uh, so we have a few customers there as well so so the expansion is something which which you call it a very rapid one because our solution is something which uh, i would say uh, which uh, it was focused on doing the job right uh, there is no there is a specific objective which we have a problem which we are trying to solve for our customers and our objective is to sort of work on that 
and then pro- provide a sort of uh, nonsensical uh, i mean uh, i mean in the sense that uh, something which has um, a specific uh, thing or a specific problem to solve which uh, basically does the job for a financial institution uh, whom we are sort of you know working with and and one thing which i had to highlight is that um, uh, our company is something which uh, has not uh, uh, had any funding till now right so we are a profitable company we started our operations as i said in 2016 since then we have not even taken a single penny of any investment from anyone we must be hearing a lot of companies taking uh, maybe having a 50 million round 100 million down around 200 million round so we uh, don't require that till now right so you can see that uh, uh, basically the thing which we do for our clients is something which makes sense to them and uh, uh, is something which actually definitely helping them right which speaks volumes about uh, the specific point which i was making that's amazing and you know optimistically looking forward to see even more innovative solutions coming up from Ju- juicy scores end thank you so much manish for joining us today it was pleasure talking to you hope all our listeners have gained lot of lot valuable insights from this session <laughs>